Hi, and welcome to the Femme Factor podcast. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Laura and Dr. Nicole. This is a place for women just like you desiring to learn, be inspired, and find community. We'll be discussing everything from health, longevity, and aging, to mindset, high performance, and cycle syncing, to intuition and healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually. All from a lens that is based both upon the latest health research and feminine energetics. Blending equal parts scientific evidence and inner wisdom, we invite you to elevate your biology, empower your intuition, and embody your magic. Our guest today is Melanie Ann Layer. Melanie is the founder of the Alpha Femme brand and is known for her unique approach to feminine leadership and wealth energetics. From humble beginnings, her journey has been one of evolution and growth. Since the creation of Alpha Femme in 2017, the brand has generated over $60 million with over 2,400% growth since the first million in 2018, consistent million and multi-million dollar months since November 2020, and now celebrating million-dollar weeks and even days. Melanie's shift is a testament to her work that now serves women all around the globe. Her revolutionary teachings are taking the world by storm. With no website, no viral YouTube channel, world-renowned podcast, or best-selling book, her unconventional approach to exponential wealth through organic social media growth has left many puzzled, and so many more excited and magnetized. She celebrates her clients who calibrate to six figures and millions every day, but beyond that, Melanie celebrates their lives, their evolution, their sovereignty, their womanhood. Together with her clients, the Alpha Femme brand has raised multiple six-figure contributions to causes close to Melanie's heart. Welcome back to the Femme Factor podcast. It is Laura and my biggest pleasure to welcome Melanie Ann Lair on to the podcast with us. She is the founder of Alpha Femme. She's an incredible human that I've been able to work with for the past two years in various ways. And we are just so, so, so excited to learn more about you, to share you with all of our audience. And just thank you, Melanie, for being here with us. Of course. Thank you for inviting me. This is fun. So our podcast is all about women um, and really blending, you know, the masculine energy that so many of us have had to be, be in in order to succeed, but also pulling in, inviting in the feminine energy that allows us to tap into our intuition more. And that seems to be so challenging for so many women. And yet you have done such a beautiful job of this. And I feel like you've created such a beautiful community of women who are doing this. And so we would just love to know how you got here and yeah, and share your story with us. Also for anyone listening and is into human design, you know, Laura and I are both three, five manifesting generators. And we would just like to say, Melanie is also a three, five manifesting generator. So buckle up. If we get a little wild, you'll know why. <laughs> and 
we're so excited to talk about all of the things. Well, one thing that's really cool about us being Manigens and also that three line in, in, in the Manigen energy is that a lot of Manigens are multi-passionate. They're able to do many things. They're able to be many ways. And so what's difficult is when you're good at anything in masculine energy, there's not much of a reason to ever change it because it's working. And I feel like that tends to be what, what happens a lot of the times is that we're taught originally to, to have more of a masculine energy forward, go get what you want, be a go-getter kind of energy, even from, from being a kid and going to school and getting the grades and, you know, getting the, the awards and being the best, like all, all that really does activate that masculine energy. And if it works for us, if it ever works, we never contemplate changing it. And this is a big piece of my work that I, I've recognized in myself and in a lot of clients over the years is that we can we can fail and, and be so creative with failure over and over again, trying new things. And we can be so creative and so bold in what we try when we're failing. And as soon as we succeed, it's like we get paralyzed. If something worked, we don't want to change anything because what if we change something and it stops working? And so I think that tends to be the trap for a lot of people who achieve a certain level of success is that it works like this. And when we hear about feminine energetics, yes, it could be more enjoyable. Sure. It could be, it could be this. Sure. It could be that, but am I really going to jeopardize what works to give this a shot and this woo woo non-tangible thing that certain people say is working for them. And so the three line in, in human design is all about the Phoenix rising energy. And it's all about what's really interesting about three lines is we learn through what doesn't work. And so our job basically is to trust when something is breaking down in our lives and not try to hold on to it for dear life and actually get, oh, this doesn't work for me. I let it go. I surrender. Because every time we do that, we're like reborn from the flames every time. So a three line that holds on for dear life, that's not willing to make a mistake, gets injured in the process. It's like anything you can't hold on. So you've got to let go because or else you get dragged, you know, behind the moving vehicle you're trying to jump out of. So it is important for three lines to let go and to start new things and to rebirth and to, to be brave enough to make mistakes and learn what doesn't work. Cause we're constantly becoming better through what doesn't work, what doesn't work, what doesn't work. And then, Oh, that doesn't work. So let me try this. And then what doesn't work about that? And let me try that. So we're constantly becoming more brave, more courageous, figuring out and learning through contrast and through validation, what works and what doesn't work. And so it makes us very resilient people which works with that manifesting generator energy because we are willing to give things a try if, if there's a failure. But still, again, the hard part for us is when it's working, it's hard to change. So anybody that has ever had the experience of staying in a relationship for too long or you know has a certain fitness routine of some sort but is never able to really achieve the results they want, but they're not willing to go the extra mile or they're not willing to change everything because it's kind of working. They're not willing to completely course correct or change because too much is working. That's where we end up wasting a lot of our time and a lot of our lives. And so we, the three of us represent a lot of being willing to go for things, being very bold, being very brave, having different lives within the same life, being reborn from the very things that cause this pain, like rebirthing from that. And so I think that's going to be a really cool episode for that. And I think it's very much in alignment with how I actually built what I've built and how it, how it happened for me. So one thing about me is that I was not very good in the typical school system. I, I don't do very well with memory under pressure. So if there's something I'm supposed to remember, and if I don't remember, I'll fail, I will forget basically immediately. 
And the problem with that is that I could study for tests for hours. And the minute the exam paper came in front of me, everything was lost. I just couldn't remember. If I listened in class and took all the notes, if the teacher called on me and I had to give the answer, the answer just left my brain. Like I just no longer had it. And so for me, emotions, that's what always got me. Like I remembered every lyric to every song I liked. I could, I could watch a movie and just speak the words of the person in the movie. I knew everything by heart, but the minute there was pressure to remember, if not, I was a success or a failure, the whole thing would go away. And so for the longest time, I just thought there was something a little wrong with me. Plus I'm in a, I'm born in a family where both my brother and my sister both have one lines. And so they're all like, organized and they remember things and they and my parents were always like you know they can do it two younger siblings which was very frustrating for me because I was like why can't I do this but what I really realized kind of young is that I just didn't have it I just didn't have it I wanted to have it to impress my parents and to make them proud of me but I just didn't really have it and so when I was old enough to um fail high school I did and I ended up going for a job and I became like a manager in a store and went more of a self-made kind of like I'm going to be a manager and a leader at, at, at a store and so it wasn't going to be a great grand future for me but I felt in control of my life to some extent because this is what I could do I could I could succeed at leading people I could succeed at selling I could succeed at certain things that I figured out I was good at. And so that worked for me. And um, there was like an, ev an evolution of my career because I found this job that was like a hundred percent commission only job. That means I could make exactly as much as I wanted, uh, but no, no salary. And I loved that. I had a boyfriend at the time that didn't have much ambition and I had a lot of it and I wanted to help him have more dreams. And so I helped him come into that company. I trained him, I helped him. And together we had this great team. So he was a four one. So he had, again, that one line of organization and all the things. So he was the manager and I was the trainer. We were not good for each other at all. And I just couldn't leave, which is a, what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, which is that it's difficult for a three line to leave something until it really fails. And so we got to the point where it really failed and I broke up with him and then he fired me from my job. And so I had, I was at this place now I was earning on a good day. You know, I was like 20 something year, 21, 22 years old on a good day. I could make $2,000 a day at this, at this job. Like I was, I was like really good at it, but on a bad day, if I sold nothing, I made nothing. And what happened is this broke my heart. And all of a sudden I was having a hard time in everything in my life. Like my emotions and this is a very like mani gen thing is when we get obsessed with something we get obsessed with something and we can be multi-passionate but we will get obsessed with things and so I got obsessed with my sadness and my anger and I managed to get the company to let me stay on but I had to work 200 kilometers outside my hometown so I had to stay in hotels and work this job that was commission only. And I became a human repellent in the process. I could not attract one person to even come listen to me. And all these skills that I had about leading people and all the joy I had about this job, I was now single focused about being mad at him, being mad at my life, being mad at how everything had turned out. And the fact that he'd fired me and the fact that the company had let him fire me and everything dwindled into 
absolute hell in my life until it's winter and I'm sleeping in the front seat of a Honda Civic in a hardware store because I can't afford the hotel room anymore. And I've got to go try and sell these things that no one's buying from me every day. And my life is in shambles. And so now we've got this like Phoenix rising potential energy, this three line, which I know nothing about at this point. All it feels like is my life is an absolute mess. But I started it started in a bad reason, to be honest, because I Googled in my phone, how do you make your ex-boyfriend cry that night? I was so mad with him. Not my proudest moment. But what I ended up finding was this whole personal development rabbit hole of like how to have the relationship you want. And then I got multi-passionate, focused, single focused about that. And it saved my butt because instead of me going down the rabbit hole of anger that I was going down, it put me on a different track of masculine and feminine energetics and relationships. And this is where my life really started to change because I started to look at myself from a very different perspective. Instead of as a victim, I started seeing myself as a person who had agency and responsibility on my own life. Like I had somehow co-created this, which sucked in its own way, but it also empowered me because it meant if I had messed it up, I could also put it back together. And so I went on this journey of personal development just for me. At first, the only goal was to keep myself sane and to try to get myself back into that store the next morning from my car to the store to try to make ends meet. That was the only goal in all of this. And somehow it turned into a life coaching career, which then became something bigger, uh, ended up teaching people how to start their own life coaching businesses, relationship coaches and life coaches. That's what I focused on. Then I was working in the workplace, helping people who had brick and mortar businesses really build beautiful team dynamics. Then I ended up helping people in sales, how to the frequency of money and high-end packages and how to help. I worked with dentists a lot, how to sell high-end dental packages when people didn't even have the salaries to understand spending that kind of money. And they had to sell those things, like how to help a person who doesn't make that kind of money sell something of that magnitude. So I started doing that kind of work. And then it grew and grew and grew until we eventually, I eventually launched a company online called Alpha Femme, which was intended to help women completely self-actualize in all the areas of their lives, their relationships, take personal power back over their mind, their heart, their spirit, their journey, their, their desires. And we are now five years, this is going to be our sixth year in the Alpha Femme brand. And it has been one heck of a journey, but to say I've turned my life around in the last decade would be an understatement. It's been such a journey, but every single thing that I've done has been through my learnings, through my teachings, through, it's as if it was like self, self uh, generated. Everything I learned, I embodied everything I embodied changed me and so on and so forth. And then I shared it with others and it kind of grew into this beautiful thing. And now we're here. We just celebrated uh, $70 million for the Alpha Femme brand just yesterday, uh, $70 million in five years, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I I cannot believe it. Um, I, I, I can't, I'm just having, I'm just kind of freaked out by the whole thing. And I love, I love, I love the story of how this all came to be. It's just such a real story that led to something that feels unreal, really. And it's a family business, uh, you know, re like healed and rekindled with my family in a most beautiful way. A lot of my friends that I had lots of touch with in the past actually came to be a part of this. My friends, my family, my partner, like it's a family owned business. And the whole thing is just quite phenomenal. That 
is such a cool story first yeah. and foremost. And before I even get into that, I just want to say congratulations on that milestone. That is incredible. <laughs> uh, I, exactly. I, I want to, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I have to say congratulations too. I just saw that and I was like, I hope she mentions it. And if she doesn't, I'm definitely going to mention that $70 million in five years. Holy shit. That's incredible. Okay. I'll stop interrupting. I want to pause because I know all of us as three, five many gens, sometimes we just like breeze past the wins because we're so obsessed with building whatever we're passionate about. So it's like a little many gen accountability circle, making sure that you celebrate that. I love that actually. That's brilliant. (laughs) I, what I love about that story so much is you, whatever universal intervention, whatever it was, it's kind of like you had to go through and live the experience that ultimately you were going to help other women go through first. You know, you didn't just like study something on a weekend and be like, Hey, I'm going to teach life coaches. You, You literally had to experience all of these highest highs, lowest lows to kind of get where you are and show other women, you know, Hey, this can be done. And I'm going to hold the door open for you along the way right? Which is something that is rare sometimes from woman to woman. And I think that's just a beautiful way to, to lead by example and to bring people along with you. I know I'm in your alpha femme Facebook group. I know Nicole has been in some of your experiences too. And that's kind of the vibe that I feel when I read the posts and everything in there is it's very much an inclusive community of women who are saying like, Hey, let's celebrate this and figure out how we can all get these incredible wins and have these incredible dream clients and build these incredible businesses and lives that is, it's so great that they, they help women find abundance in money, but they're also really meaningful in terms of the services they provide, the coaching they provide. Um, just to help support women more and more. And something that stuck out to me as you were going through that story, uh, particularly the parts about Manny Jens was sometimes there's a lot of fear around leaving what's comfortable, what's been successful. And I think sometimes people can get stuck settling for good and not quite being brave enough to go for great um, until something forces us. That is very true. I have seen this happen so much and it's not even that it's a bad thing. Like you can live your entire life living a beautiful, simple, like life. Like you don't need to push yourself to go get something just because you're comfortable, but it's just that for some people on the planet, it's not, it's not explicable. It's just this gnawing feeling that if you don't follow it, you're always dissatisfied with your life because you know, you were meant to do something else. Not everybody has this. And so the people who don't have it have nothing to worry about. And the people who do have it, it's just like, you could ignore it if you want. But the bottom line is if you, if you really let yourself embody that, that pull and, and go for the things that your soul is telling you, like there's more, follow this, there's more, follow this. It's meant for you somehow. And so when I stopped resisting the fear that I may be inadequate, because I was inadequate in the systems that were set before me. In the masculine energy systems, I felt inadequate. I felt exhausted. You know, even in the relationship that I had and the job that I had on a good day, I could make $2,000. But my God, I worked from the second I woke up. By the time I went to bed at night, I could barely feel my feet. My my throat was scratchy. I constantly was having colds and my immune system was shot. Like I did not have a mission. I did not feel like I was changing the world or making the world a better place. And I feel like I had a purpose. I, I just made money. And to be honest, on the days where I was off, I just wanted an escape from my life. And so 
I'd spend, I'd spend it all anyway, paycheck to paycheck. Cause it was like the more money I made, the more, the more I could blow it on my days off. So I could feel a semblance of freedom. So it, it didn't really give me anything to have that. It felt like a very kind of like hamster wheel success. Nothing felt like building a future. Nothing felt like it was going to set me free one day. It really just felt like as long as I work hard, I make money and then I have money for the weekend and then I blow it on the weekend and then I can work more next week. And then it was kind of like that. And I feel like masculine energetics sometimes can get us in that, in that race, because what it really is, is if you work hard and we hear this all the time, you work hard, you play hard, you work hard, you play hard, but that's a wheel because you work hard, then you can play a little harder then you play harder. And then you realize how fun it is to play harder, but then you realize you got to work harder. So then you work harder so you can play harder. And then the more hard you play, then the more hard you work and the more hard you work, the more hard you play. And then eventually you just get stuck in this, in this race. With feminine energetics, what I found is that there's gratitude for what is. And I had a lot of circumstances in my life that pointed me in the direction, you know, to, to really embody these things. But I think what really set me free is experiencing the very thing I was trying to run away from in masculine energy. I was trying to push my relationship to work because I could not handle the thought of it failing. I was trying to push my financial situation to work because I couldn't handle the idea of going bankrupt or failing financially. So all these things I was pushing to keep together, I was pushing because of a very strong fear of what would go wrong if it ever fell apart. And it felt so real what could go wrong and how it would injure me and how it would hurt me and how I would never recuperate and all the thoughts in my head that felt so real of what would really happen to me if I failed. The most incredible thing that ever could have happened to me was I failed because I realized that that's not how I handled failure at all. I actually handled failure like a freaking boss. I handled failure so well that if I wouldn't have failed, I'd still be worried how I'd handle the failure. So it became such an important part for me to help people walk through the surrender of like, even if you failed, you'd be fine. And I think if we can surrender to that, we don't even need to fail. We can just know if I failed, I'd be fine. If you can get yourself to profoundly know that you vote, you, you don't have to go through the lesson if you actually trust. And I think you know, success, they say success leaves clues. It really does. Every single incredible person out there will tell you a story about how they failed and bounced back stronger. So how many stories of these do we need to hear before we take it as truth that failure is not the end, it's the beginning. So what if you could just let go where you wouldn't even need to tangibly experience it, where you could just understand the energetics that at the end of the day, if failure was going to help you, then it's going to happen. And if you surrender and you don't need it, then you might not even need to go through it. You could just go right into the building phase because feminine energy comes with trust. Feminine energy comes with surrender. Feminine energy comes without timelines, without finish lines. It's a different energy. But if you're afraid of failure, then you're afraid of time. You're afraid of the finish line. You're afraid, you're afraid of the success or failure, all the things that make it impossible to surrender to them. So either you've got to fail and survive it, or you've got to find out some way to get your mind behind the fact that even if you did fail, you'd be okay. And to tap into that kind of trust because all feminine energy is on the other side of that understanding, whether you've lived it or you just had a breakthrough around it, in my opinion. So, um, mic drop right there. And, um, I feel like all three of us sitting here in different ways have gone through this kind of rock bottom place of 
pretty much we thought we would probably die. <laughs> and then we didn't. And instead we came out stronger and more capable and more confident in ourselves. Like you've said many, many times, like, I know not only that I'll be okay, but that something incredible is going to come out of it, even though when you're in it, oh, doesn't feel like that. And I know many times you tell your clients and those who work with you, like, I have no fear for you. You'll be okay. But when you're on the receiving end of that, it seems like, well, okay, I think I'll believe that. I hope I'll believe that, (laughs) but I'll just be squirming a little bit while we work through that. And so I'm wondering, and I had this conversation recently with someone and I was explaining the three, five and the manifesting generator. And they said, well, are you always going to be trial and error? Like, are you always going to be failing and then figuring things out, failing and figuring things out? Or is there a moment in time where you're like, yes, I've got this. And I don't know, from my point of view, and I don't know as much about human design, I don't think as you do, Melanie, or or I don't, as Laura does, um, but I feel like I'm always going to have a little bit of that failing and trying and not succeeding and then trying and figuring out and then not succeeding and then succeeding and then not succeeding because of what you said earlier about this, like there's always this kind of little nag of dissatisfaction and not in a way that is unappreciative, but just in a way that's full of curiosity and what, what else, like I'm always thinking what else, what's next, what could be. And sometimes that can be perceived as being um, discontented and not appreciative and always like seeking just to seek, even though I feel like some of us are seekers. And so, yeah, do you have any thoughts on, on that part? Well, they say everything that's alive grows until it dies. So shouldn't as much be said for our dreams? My feeling is my dreams grow constantly. And so if I were to just say, okay, well, that's me now, 35 years old. The best of my life is done. I'm complete. There's nothing more for me to want to see or do or learn. I'm done. Does that make me better? Does that make me a better person that I'm content? Because there's a difference between grateful to say, oh my gosh, what a life. And what else is there? Instead of like, yeah, I mean, this is good and everything, but like, I, I need more. That's not the frequency that we're coming from. And so I think the issue is if we are trying to continue to grow, we're going to have to accept the three line growth. It's the way we grow. The way we grow is like a small child learning to walk like, oops, there you go on your butt, you know, like, but you're going to get back up and then you're not going to be so afraid of falling on your butt because you realize it doesn't hurt that much. So now you're going to run. And you might graze a knee, but then you're not going to be so afraid of grazing a knee because then you're going to know what you're capable of. And that's really what, what the three line energy is all about. The only reason we have trial and error is because we keep trying new things. If we stopped trying new things, we wouldn't have the three line. We're not tripping over the carpet. We're tripping because we're building constantly. And so that's like the beautiful combination of the Manny Gen with a three line is we're constantly wanting new things, bigger things you know, we're constantly going for it. And then you think, oh, well, you've got everything anyone could ever wish for. Well, yes. And then I invented a new passion overnight. And so now we're going to go figure that out. And that'll come with all of its trials and errors. And so it's just part of the game for us is that 
we're dreamers, we're multi-passionate, and we're we're always growing. And this is something that I love to talk about because I think it is really important, this frequency, especially for the visionaries of this world, the people who do love advancement and growth. There really is two different ways that we experience that. One of the ways that we experience it is like anything we do is never quite enough. And this is really real for us. Like if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you do something, you give it your best, you're, it's over. And you're already looking at it like, oh, I should have said this. I should have done this. It would have, it could have been better. It's like, we innovate so fast that we can already tell how to make something better the minute it's over. And so we either live a life where we always feel not enough, or we make peace with the fact that we are growing so fast, in which case it's the frequency of evolution and growth over a lifetime. And what I realized is when I, when I went away from that feeling of constantly judging that I already knew better, meaning making that mean that I'd messed it up and instead seeing, I already know better as I've already grown evolution and growth over a lifetime. I started actually really empowering myself in the way that I already always know what the next best move is. Instead of thinking I messed up in the past and I, and I should have done better. One is looking to the past for what was wrong. The other one is surrendering to the fact that I will constantly be a work of art and work in progress at the same time. And so I think sometimes we do need to make that decision for ourselves because it's the same line. It's just the way you charge it. The line is I could have done better. I could do better. Better is available. So what's the, what's the charge I give to this line? I'm never good enough or evolution and growth over a lifetime. So I picked the latter and it's done magic for me in my life. That's such a powerful shift. And I, I feel like by reframing it that way, that brings the sense of contentment that so many of us want while we still have a growth mindset. I'm thinking of a conversation Nicole and I had with the founder of Powerhouse Women, Lindsay Schwartz. And at one point in our interview, she said, recently I had to learn that contentment doesn't mean complacency. You can still be growing and evolving and having that mindset and allow yourself to feel content with the process, with the journey versus thinking that you can't feel content until you've reached reached that point. Like you said, I was, I was laughing when you were like, Oh, I'm 35. I reached this. I guess I'm done. I'm like, wow, that would be really depressing. Wouldn't it? But that's really, that's what so many of us do to ourselves. When we tell ourselves we can't be happy until we, we finish it. But if you're wired, like the three of us are, uh, it's really difficult for that to happen. So I, I love just that tiny shift of, instead of it never being enough. Well, what if it's just that this is my journey. I'm continually going to be changing and evolving. And that's, that's really a superpower when you think about it, you know, being able to, to fine tune and change things and up level them as you go, knowing that every year is just going to get better and better versus this kind of narrative that we have too many times that things just get worse with every year as we age. I know. <laughs> I, and much... I, think, I think another part of it is like the angle and the, the, the size like, are you zooming in or are you zooming out when you're looking at what you're saying? Because there's a difference between contentment when you're zoomed in and content when you're zoomed out. So content for me is something I feel in a moment. Satisfaction is something I feel in a moment. Gratitude could be a context for my entire life. But I don't see contentment as a context for my entire life because there's constantly, I'm contentment and satisfaction feel like how you feel right after you've eaten a meal. 
Like you're content, you're satisfied now, but the minute you digest, like we're hungry again. And so I think that because we're, we're looking at different frequencies, contentment and satisfaction, let's say are the flip side to hunger. Well, is it okay to be hungry multiple times a day and to be content multiple times a day? Or do you need to be constantly stuck to the con the frequency of contentment or else you're greedy or unless, you know, it's like, oh, you've eaten three times today. You're so greedy. It's like, no, that's kind of how it works. You know, you're, you're hungry and then you're satisfied and you're hungry and you're content and you're hungry and then you're satisfied. And that's, that's an important ebb and flow in a small context. In a bigger context, what we're looking for is not necessarily the feeling of contentment, but more so the feeling of gratitude, which comes with, I'm in love with what just happened. I'm in love with what is. I'm so grateful for this this phase or this iteration of this, even though I know it's not even close to how big it's going to be, but it's so much better than it was. And it's, it's a bigger context of gratitude, which is, I love what is on the way to where I'm going. But gratitude without the context, we struggle with that because people say, well, if I'm grateful for what I have, then do I stop calling in the new stuff? What if there's so much more that I want? Can I still be grateful? And it's like, yes, because the context is in this journey of everything I've ever wanted. I'm so grateful for this phase in this journey of a lifetime. I'm so grateful for this one year, for this one day. And I, I, I talk about this a lot of my teaching in, in my teachings, but this walk of evolution, what I've found is to really be able to navigate the duality of emotion. So it's the hunger and the satisfaction, or it's the desire and the gratitude, which really are conflicting when you think about it. But at the same time, if you put them together, they put, they propel you in the most beautiful way. If you only have desire, that means anything that ever happens to you in your life is just met with more desire. And it will, every single time you do something, it's like the, the desire achieved is no longer a desire. The desire achieved is then achieved. So you're either content, which means you're not hungry anymore, or you're content for a moment until you're hungry again. For, from some people's perspective, this means you're greedy. For other people's perspective, it means you're growing. So it all kind of depends how you feel. But when we're looking at this gratitude, this moment where you've done something so beautiful, and then there's this other desire that's born. There's this tiny window where you're, you've got everything you've ever wanted, then there's a new desire that's born. That's the way evolution works. So if you make peace with this, what it looks like is desire is the thing that pushes you forward. You take a step forward in desire. You move forward because there's a desire. You desire better health. You desire more love. You desire more financial abundance. You desire more recognition, success, fulfillment, whatever it is. That's what makes you move gratitude is the thing that you receive. It's the thing you don't need to move for. You just lean back. You, you plant yourself firmly. You feel what you've built. The people who go into hustle mode just go desire, 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 desire. There's never a moment to land and to refill. There's not a moment to say, gosh, this is incredible. I'm so grateful for this moment on the path. I'm so grateful for this exact moment in time. This is beautiful. This matters. This is worthy of a celebration. This is worthy of a breath. This is worthy of a high five. This is good. This is great. Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you. This is beautiful. Like they don't take time to do that. So they're burning out. Desire, 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 desire. That never ends. Desire never ends. So what I found is that the beautiful thing because the goal in, in Alpha Femme and what I stand for is that people do achieve everything they've ever wanted. That's, that's what we want. But that on the day that they achieve it, as they achieve it, it feels the way they dreamed it would. Because it's one thing to have the thing you thought you wanted. It's another thing for it to feel the way you thought it would. Those are two very, very different things. And for you to have the thing you've always wanted and for it to feel the way you hoped it would, you've got to be able to walk with evolution. And that means 
one foot on the ground in gratitude while the other foot lifts towards desire. And when you get what you wanted, you let that foot land in gratitude and you anchor that foot in gratitude while the other foot then lives lifts in desire. And then when that foot lands on the ground, you firmly plant it in gratitude for the thing that you received while the other foot lifts in desire until you receive that and it plants firmly in gratitude. One foot lifting in desire, one foot firmly planted in gratitude. That's how we walk. One foot on the ground, one foot in the air. And that's how we've got to walk in order to succeed. And I think this is a beautiful balance of masculine and feminine energetics. You don't just say, well, if I'm grateful, I shouldn't be moving anymore. And you don't say, if I want to keep moving, I can't stop. You say one foot on the ground, one foot in the air. And if you do that, you, you gain this momentum and you can make it go faster. You can add inertia to that. You can run as fast as you can eventually, but never forgetting to plant that foot firmly on the floor because the day both feet aren't on the floor, you fall on your butt. If you put both feet on the floor at the same time, you stop moving. If you lift both feet off the ground at the same time, you fall on your butt. You need one foot on the ground while the other one lifts. And that I think is the walk of the balance of masculine and feminine energy. So I just have to say, like, this brought me back basically two years ago when I first heard you say that, I want to say maybe in the coach program, but this walk of one foot in desire, one foot in gratitude. And I was just like, what? Who is this woman? <laughs> How did she just blow my mind? Like that, when you explain it, seems so simple and like, shouldn't everyone think this way? And yet it's not. Um, and so to have put, to articulate it in that way, to have put it in a way that everyone can really understand this pursuing of our desires at the same time being grateful, like that is such a powerful teaching of yours. And I just want to really amplify that. And for those of you listening who aren't in Melanie's world or who have not taken her programs, I cannot encourage you enough to do this. Like it's, and I, I might be biased cause I love you. Um, and I will own that. And anyone who says otherwise, I could punch them in the face if I need to, but um, sorry, that's my like Sicilian coming out me because I was just in Sicily for three weeks. But anyways, um, no, it's just these things that, again, seem small or simple, or you could explain them in the three minutes that you just did or five minutes are so life changing and really can direct our momentum direct our lives in a way if we allow that and in a way that takes some effort right like what do I really desire do I desire this simply because other people are doing it or I was expected to do it or um someone told me uh that I need to do this whether it's family or parents or boss or religion or society, whatever that is. But really, we, we've talked about this with so many of our guests, like taking the time to quiet ourselves, to be still, and then to see, okay, what is, what are my desires? And, and where am I now 
that I'm so grateful to be here. Like all the things I used to dream about and desire, and now they're in my life, like taking those and integrating them. And then that's where the magic is. So yeah, that's my plug for Melanie and Alpha Femme. Um, And I would just want to say like the two programs that I absolutely love of yours are Femme Fatale and Exponential Wealth. They're very different, but they both are really this like gratitude or feminine energy and desire and masculine energy just put together. I mean, they're two different programs for everyone listening, but but yeah, and if anyone has any questions and wants to reach out, I mean, you can reach out to Alpha Femme as well, but not that I'm the expert on your programs, but I just... But thank you. That means a lot. I'm so happy you enjoyed those. Those are like my signature core, core, core programs. So I'm so glad they, they hit home. Well, they've changed my life for sure. And I'm sure they've changed thousands of other people's lives. Um, definitely. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the offerings you have coming up programs? Um, yeah, it's, it's summer 2023 right now, for those of you who may be listening to this later. So because I'm a Manny Jen and everything's about the sacral authority in my world, it's uh uh-huh, uh-uh. I I tend to not like to like say what's coming just because what's coming is the thing that has the most potency, the most magic, the most like energy behind it. And that's always the way I've led in my business is what's, what am I going to nail What's the thing that if I talk about it right now, we're all walking on sunshine. Not like, what's the scheduled programming? Like, that's not my favorite thing. My favorite thing is like, what's lighting me up right now that if I talk about this, my sacral is going to like everybody's sacral up like the 4th of July. What's the thing? And so what I've really enjoyed doing recently is just feeling into the vibes of what is the thing I'm obsessed about. And that ends up being the next program. But the one, the one big thing that I've built that I'm really proud of that I, I took a a moment to really recalibrate the energetics to over the last few months is my alpha femme experience. And this to me is like the greatest thing because in order to become everything we want to be, there's so many conversations to be had about everything. There's conversations about receiving. There's conversations about giving. There's conversation about conversation and about leadership and communication. There's conversations about money and about relationships and about you know healing wounds that we've had with other women and sisterhood wounds and motherhood wounds. There's conversations about social media and branding and marketing and sales and money. Like There's everything. And I feel like I have wisdom on all those things because if i if i didn't have wisdom on all those things then i couldn't be where i am everything that i've built has created everything that i have and so the alpha femme experience is an entire year in my world where everything i talk about you get access to like we talk about everything all the programs all the things over a year and what's fun with that is it doesn't really matter what comes next cuz what comes next is the highest potency thing and you have access to all the master classes i've run and all the courses and it, it it's like this is the the best offer that's possible because you lack nothing everything is in it so i would say that the biggest thing if i could recommend if anyone would ever say like if i can come into your world what should i do it's the alpha femme experience that's the thing and it can always be done like a paid in full experience and it can be done through 12 monthly installments so it can be broken down into a way that's quite manageable also but this is the path to me alpha femme is the path to not just having everything you've ever wanted but when you get there that it's what you wanted it to look like. 
we will definitely put any information for that program and where people can find you in the show notes. I know so many women who have come out of that program and it's been cool to kind of watch them step into this new version of themselves. I'm sure it's a place I'll find myself at some point in the next couple of years. Uh, so thank you for sharing more about that. Uh, we have one last question for you before we wrap up. And okay. this is our favorite question to ask our guests. And it is, if you could go back to a younger version of yourself, whether it's a little kid Melanie or Melanie from a couple of years ago, maybe Melanie who was in that messy low point, living in the car, all of that. If you could go back and tell a version of you a piece of advice or something poignant that you wish you knew then, what would it be? So I was excited when you told me this question was coming because the answer to this has changed very recently. Anytime I've been asked this in an interview, I've always said the same thing. I wouldn't say a thing. I wouldn't say a thing because it turned out perfect. It didn't look like it was gonna, it didn't feel like it was gonna. There was so much pain along the way, but on the odd chance that one pain removed would take away a piece of wisdom that led, that led me here, I wouldn't change a thing. But my brother and sister have started having children. My brother has a daughter and a son and my sister has a son. They were actually, their sons were born a week apart just about a month ago. And I, I keep looking at these newborn babies and all I keep thinking about is their life is starting. Like when I ran their human designs and looking at their, you know, their, their, their birth date. And it's like their start date is 2023. There will be a day they're old enough to understand I was born in 19 something and they'll think I'm some sort of witch. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you were not even born 2000s? How does this even happen? Like, I remember when I used to think my parents sounded old being born in the 50s or 60s and now it's going to be, I'm in a different thousands. Like, that sounds insane. But the, the thing that I think about is how extraordinary these children's lives are now already how much potentiality there is, how much they're already being built now. And that the only job they really have in this moment is to be kids and to be, to have imagination and to, to let life be beautiful and to see the beauty and to forgive easy and to, to, to see the, the, the sky for the first time and, and love, love for the first time and, and taste something delicious for the first time and, and learn to how to use their body and walk and play. Like all these things are coming for them. And in thinking of that, the advice I'm going to give myself is not an advice I would give to the past because I wouldn't want to change anything. But the advice I've been giving myself is to not forget that even though I'm fully created and I can walk and talk and I know what my favorite flavors are, that I can take that innocence of life beginning and I can put that at any time in my life because this is the youngest that I will ever be. And so it, that you one day you wonder, you wish you would have just done something a little different had you known, had you this. So instead of that, why not just today be the youngest we will ever be and take that innocence so that one day when we're 90 and we look back, we remember this as the time we took our innocence back, our youth back, our, our savoring of life and of love and of living and and made it beautiful and simple and easy to love and easy to be grateful for. Like that childlike wonder of being reborn, like I'm, I'm giving myself that now at 35. And so 
it's the wisdom of youth, but I give myself the advice now. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, Melanie, thank you. Thank you so much for spending this time with us and with our audience. We have loved having you as a guest and we just love you dearly at the Fem Factor Podcast. I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me. This podcast is for general information and educational purposes only. It should not be considered medical advice and or treatment. Although we are both doctors, we are not medical doctors or your medical doctor. What has been discussed should not take the place of your personal medical professional's advice, treatment, diagnosis, or care. If you love this podcast as much as we do, please take the time to subscribe, share, rate, and review. And we'd love if you would follow us over on Instagram. Our handles are at dr.lauradecessoris and at Dr. Nicole Marcioni, or you can just click on the links in our show notes.